Monday, August 18th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill. Joining me in studio today from Motley Fool One, Jason Moser. Thanks for being here, man. Yes, sir. As I mentioned on Thursday's Market Foolery, I'm not here this week. This is pre-recorded. I'm just, confused now. Just <laughs> what's today? <laughs> for folks listening, it's Monday, August 18th. We're but just going to go with that. You and I are taping this a little bit earlier, but yeah, all week we're going to be talking about different topics around investing. And this is something you and I have talked about uh, outside the studio, and that is, how do you get people involved in investing? Because it's what we do for a living. The people listening are involved, but all of us have people in our lives that we look at and we think, gosh, we got to get you involved in this just a little bit more, whether it's kids or friends, uh, other people in our family. Um, uh, we got an email, a great email from a listener that, that touches on this, but I'm just, just regardless of who it is, and w- you know what, we'll get to kids in a moment, but let's let's start with adults. How do you, how do you get people involved in investing? Because, and we talked about this right before we started taping. A, a lot of people out there look at the market and and think it's completely rigged. Yeah, and a lot of people have been conditioned to think that investing is this is as Bit as every bit as challenging as rocket science, and therefore it's like, well, I'm not smart enough to do it. And you combine those two things, that's a very powerful force to keep people away from investing. Well, it really is, and I mean, it makes it makes the it makes the option of of just taking no action at all seem like you know just the easiest and most sensible thing to do. I mean, I think you know the general skepticism. I think we we that's got to be the biggest hurdle uh, we need to overcome. Today, in, in particular, particularly with adults. I mean, you know, as we get older, we get a little bit more set in our ways, and uh, you know, we're a little bit tougher to sway one way or the other. And I mean, I'll, I'll just draw a comparison there. I mean, uh, many many of you know out there that I, I was a PGA club professional for a number of years before I, uh, you know, fell fell into this job, thankfully. But um, you know, I taught a lot of golf, and and invariably, any time I was teaching an adult, most of these people I taught were, were older than I am. Um, they, they, number one, they didn't really want to hear it coming from someone who was just basically a kid. <laughs> and, and they were just always really set in there. It was very difficult to get them to change, even just the smallest thing in their, in their golf game. And, and it was that classic short-term versus long-term perspective. You know, we got to take a little bit of the pain here in the short run to really achieve that long, that long-term success. And, and so that was a big hurdle to, to overcome there. And I think we see the same things uh, when it comes to investing and, and teaching um, adults how to invest. I mean, I, I was very lucky um, growing up. My dad, he's a physician by, by trade, but he is also an investor, and he taught me all about investing as I, as I grew up. And, and so I was lucky that, that my dad handed me that gift at a young age, and it stuck. Um, and it's why I'm so you know active in, in teaching my kids as well. Um, but I, I think that with adults, you know, one of the things that it's just it's unbelievable to me, the, the amount of press out there that would lead you to believe the market is a rigged game. And, and I think it was Michael Lewis who came out with that recent book, Flash Boys. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I even think he was out there, uh, you know, calling the market rigged to an extent. And, and I, I just I I totally disagree with that. I mean, I think to me, the market in investing is your best bet. In taking control of your own financial destiny and being able to do what you want to do in life, and um, you know that's that's what we have to do is work on teaching people that number one, it's not a rigged game. 
Uh, but number two, there are plenty of options out there. It's not like you have to buy just individual stocks. I mean, one of the things we tell people all the time is, you know, you you just have to participate, and, and that could be, uh, you know, taking part of your employees or your employer's four hundred one k. That could be, you know, investing in just an S and P five hundred index fund that gives you broad exposure to all of those companies and really, uh, you know, gives you instant diversity, uh, and then just doing it on a constant basis. But but you know, the older we get, the more we want to see instant results, and um, you know, you combine the desire for those instant results. With, with a genuine skepticism, I think, and it just becomes a very powerful hurdle that we have to that we have to overcome, and, and those are the two key points I think that we that we continue to to try to address. Well, and a, a lot of people just don't want to do it, and yeah. so so f- for them, to your point, an S and P five hundred index fund makes perfect sense, particularly if it's you know the lower the fees, the better. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for a lot of people, just connecting whatever they are naturally interested in, because. If you look at investing and say, well, I'm not interested in investing, it's like, okay, well, what are you interested in? Because chances are, whatever you're interested in, there are multiple public companies that operate in that space. And yeah. for some people, it's technology. For some people, it's sports. You know, I like sports. Well, great. You know, Under Armour, Nike, Dick's Sporting Goods, Sports Authority. You know, there are all these companies that are publicly traded. Um, so I think being able to tie into that. Oh yeah, I mean, there's no question about it. I mean, I think that's, that's that's an excellent point. I mean, it's one that you know I'll, I'll go back again to to you know my my father when I was growing up. I mean, he he took an interest in some of sort of the medical uh, you know field the, the related stocks there, and and because that was that was his scope of of knowledge. He was he knew that stuff and he used it to his advantage. Uh, you know, not to his advantage illegally, <laughs> obviously, right. but I mean. That that's the point, though, is that there there is just this huge world of 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 investments of of opportunities. Are there companies that that are doing all sorts of different things? And yeah, I mean, I guarantee you that whatever you're interested in, no matter who you are, I, I I'm certain we can tie an investing angle to it. And I think that's part of the fun, really, is is figuring out that investing angle, um, and then learning to you know learning to look at it, to assess it, to analyze it, to see, well, there's Under Armour and there's Nike and there's Dick Sporting Goods and there's you know Sports Authority. Are they all publicly traded? No. Sports Authority is a private company. Okay, well, so you have three or four opportunities there. Are they all the same? No. How do they differ? And who who competes with whom and how do they rely on each other? And it's just, it's, it's interesting to study that stuff. I think uh, you certainly learn a lot more about uh, just just business in general, and um, and so I think you know we we enjoy kind of nerding out on that stuff. I get not everybody's going to want to do that, but if you are interested in things like that, I think that that certainly uh, gives you, uh, you know, another another reason to consider to consider looking into it. Got an email from Sam Waterbury who writes: My little brother recently graduated from high school and will be heading to college soon. Rather than just giving him some cash, I thought it would be nice to talk with him about the stock market and buy stocks in a few companies he's interested in, with the understanding that he would not be able to touch them for at least four years and that his gift would grow over that timeline. I know you can't recommend individual stocks, but do you have any suggestions for ways to get him excited about investing and thinking about a longer timeline than the Xbox refresh cycle? (laughs) Um, Great question. First of all, I love this idea. I, do I, I just yeah. love that it's like we're we're gonna buy these, we're gonna talk about these from time to time, and you cannot touch them yep. for four years. Which for someone who's you know eighteen years old, that's perfect. And it ties into something that uh, Tom Gardner, our CEO, talks about all the time that the single best step 
an individual owner of stocks can take to increase their returns is to just simply double your time horizon. Yeah. And particularly when it's just everything is week to week, quarter to quarter, all of us going in with the mindset of these are untouchable for four years. I think that's fantastic. Yeah, I love that idea, and it reminds me that's that's an awesome idea. First and foremost, I mean, I can't I can't applaud that enough. Um, you know, we, a, a while back, uh, I had the good fortune to speak with Secretary of Education Arnie Duncan. Um, you know, about financial literacy, and, and one of the ideas that I had, I, I I still think this is a great idea. I hope that one day we see it implemented in our um, you know, in our schools everywhere. But I think it would just be cool if you know, incoming freshmen in high school. You take a semester-long course on finance that, that gears you around investing to some degree. And this could be something that we could even help with, uh, you know, to that extent. But then, you know, the, the end of the semester, you have to pick uh, five companies. Maybe it's ten, five or ten, whatever, to build out a portfolio. Companies that you're interested in, whatever. And then, and then that portfolio sits for the next, you know, uh, three and a half years until you graduate. And, and when you graduate as a senior – then, then you look back and you see how that portfolio performed. Because I think we all did that kind of like you pick, you know, you pick your stocks in your economics class, and, and a week later you see right. how they did. big deal. <laughs> a you know, a, a month from deal. now we'll see which stock right. has done the best. And, and I think that what this does is it really this certainly encourages that longer term, uh, longer term thinking, longer longer time horizon. Um, and so I, I think that for Sam there, I mean, I, I think first and foremost getting in there and just talking about you know the companies that his brother might be interested in. Uh, is a great way to go about it. It, it might. It, I don't know that it's. You know, we we can definitely talk stocks. So, I mean, you know, if you, if you wanna if you wanna hit us up, I mean, give give us uh, you know some some ideas of what you're thinking about, it, and I'm more than happy to give you some some uh, some opinions on them. But um, yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, you know the the idea that these are untouchable. Get in with what you're interested in because he's gonna go to college and he's probably not gonna even really think about it. Um, and, and then four years later. You look and you see this, and you say, "Wow, look!" And and I think that's yeah. the most powerful, that's the most powerful tool right there is is seeing the results. And that's one reason why I got my girls started so young is because when they're 22, I want them to see what 15 years has done to just a little bit of money that they've contributed here and there. Uh, one tip I will give to Sam, and really for anyone, if you're looking to get someone in your life interested in investing, uh, it's been my experience that. The easier the business is to understand, beyond just sort of, hey, I like sports, and so therefore Nike, Under Armour, et cetera, those are stocks to consider. The easier the business is to understand, the easier it is to understand how a company makes their money and how they will make more money in the future, then the easier it is for someone to make that connection. Yeah. Um, because I've owned stocks in the past that have very simple business models maybe the easiest one being Starbucks mm-hmm. I've also owned biz- I've owned biotechs <laughs> that I've just I don't I think I understand and then later I look at the earnings results and I have I realize I don't know what they yeah. do really and so finding businesses that 
are really easy to connect the dots on how they make their money, how they're going to make more money. Yeah, I think that, I mean, you, you just hit the nail on the head there. I mean, you look at things like biotechs, and I mean, I think that's an interesting sector because it could be so volatile, but you got to look at those. I mean, most of those... And if you've got a scientific mind and that's something you're interested in, perfect. Precisely. Have at it. If you know it, that's great. <laughs> but if you can explain it, that's wonderful. Um, I mean, I, I tend to shy away from that industry because, number one, I don't have really any insight into it. I don't know it. Um, and to me, those are a very binary sort of outcomes. Either a drug is approved or it's not. Um, and, 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 you know, if it's not, it can, it can sometimes be fatal. Uh, but I, 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 couldn't, I couldn't agree more there. In, in finding a company, just understand how it makes its money. And, and it doesn't have to be complicated to be good. I mean, I say this all the time. I mean, investing is as easy or as difficult as you choose to make right. it. So just choose to make it easy. I mean, one of the best performing stocks in my portfolio is Chipotle. <laughs> you know, I mean, that is not difficult to comprehend. They make burritos, and they make really good burritos, and we like them, and we go back for more. And so when you find those kinds of models, Starbucks is another good one that just generate repeat sales, and they have an opportunity to grow and, and add more restaurants. And so, yeah, I think you know, that's a great way to go. And then also making sure that you give yourself some diversity. So if you like sports, you, know, you might not want to go load up your portfolio with Under Armour, Nike, Dick Sporting Goods, and, and Adidas, Adidas, and yeah. Callaway Golf, and all those. You know, probably pick you know one or two of the of the ones that you feel like are the winners out there. And then also just just be aware that yeah, I mean some 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 are better than others. Just because you like a company's product doesn't necessarily make it a good uh, investment decision. Um, you know, I look back at Krispy Kreme donuts. I think is a good example of yeah. one that everybody loves. Those glazed donuts, but man, what what a mess of a stock, you know? I mean, that's really had really had its uh really had some tough times. But uh, you know, make sure that you give yourself some diversification there. And and I think that one way to do that, one way that we encourage people who are going to be more sort of passive investors and just keep on investing, uh, is to maybe if if you want to add individual stocks, go ahead and match dollar for dollar uh, those individual stocks with. You know, an index fund that covers the S and P 500, because that will give you exposure to all all of those companies in the S and P. It will give you that instant di- diversity, uh, and it, it will help. You know, it, it will help in, in the volatility side of things too. So if you have, you know, you, you pick a dud. I mean, we all do it. I mean, you know, n- not every story sure. works. Uh, you know, you, you have some diversity there that that will protect you from from uh, you know any any bad decisions that you may make. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's a, a great idea and just a wonderful you're a wonderful brother for doing that. Last thing I'll say before we wrap up is, uh, and I don't want to get all mystical or anything, but, but be aware um, that for people who are new to investing, this is something that takes more energy on their part, more mental energy, and therefore eventually <laughs> more physical energy. And so you don't want to overwhelm them. I actually thought of yeah. this the other day. I was talking with my uh, uh, my 12-year-old, and we were, we were talking about investing. And I basically capped – I mean, she's 12. So I just capped the conversation at three minutes because I just thought – I, ju- I just want her to like take away this one thing, yeah. and that's all. And we're not you – know, like I would love to talk for 30 minutes, but mm. – I know that it's going to be very quickly that she's just going to tune me out, and and ultimately you want people uh, to to learn, but you also want to sort of keep wetting their appetites so that they're coming back for more. Yeah, I could sit there and talk about it all day long, and I, I also recognize the fact that not everybody wants to, um, and and so when I you know when I talk when I talk with my girls about it, it's it's just a quick hit at dinner time or on the way to or from school, um, and it's not every day. It's just sort of. 
organically. It just kind of happens. I mean, earnings season kind of you know stokes some of those yeah. discussions, which is nice. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I it's 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 difficult. It's kind of like having kids, you know. You can sit there and talk till you're blue in the face about the power of it, but until you experience it, until someone experiences it, they really can't understand what you're saying, right? Right. I mean, you know, it's just it's one of those things that, and so I think that's why you have to you have to just figure out a way to introduce some early success, get a quick win, because it is really exciting to buy you know shares of a of a good or a great business, and and watch your money grow. And uh, and I talk a lot about one of the, one of the things Warren Buffett always always mentions. I think it's just great. He talks about being a net buyer of stocks, and and really that's all that's all we're trying to do is just if if you have interests in collecting things or whatever stamp collector or whatever, you look at your portfolio kind of the same way. You're just kind of collecting shares of these businesses as you go along through life. You're just building out this little collection. It doesn't take up any space. It's all right there on the internet for for you to look at whenever you want, and, you, and you're just kind of building out this portfolio over time is collection of businesses that you like and admire and, and you're just kind of growing that little diverse collection as you go along and I mean you know years years later I mean you're buying stocks more than you're selling them and that's what really helps you grow that wealth and, and I think that um, you know periodically you check in and and then I think really you know once you hit the point where you know you, you wake up to the headlines that the market is just tanking and you're actually excited, that's when you know you're there. That, yeah. That's that's when you've hit the point. You are there, and you are in it to win it now, because that's when you know, as a net buyer, there are opportunities abound, and you want to have some money to go in there and buy up some of your favorite companies. Because there are the overreactions. Yeah, they they're, are. They're generally overreactions. Not all the time, but but very often they are. And in earnings season, we so, see a lot of those overreactions. Um, and, and, you know, if they're companies that you're following, or if they're companies that, that we're following and you're following us, uh, you know, very often we will tell members to take advantage of those overreactions. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and the Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against. So don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That does it for this edition of Market Foolery. The show is mixed by Heather Horton. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow. 